Hi, and welcome to this week's TribCast. I'm Chef David Bull of Austin Restaurants Congress, Second Bar and Kitchen, and our Cocktail Lounge Bar Congress, where Reeve is a well-known regular, but we still need to card him every time he comes in. And now here's a guy whose sense of humor is a lot like his favorite cocktail, rye and old-fashioned. Your host, Reeve Hamilton. Thank you. This is reporter Reeve Hamilton here with the TribCast for the second week of November. Joining me is Editor-in-Chief and CEO, Evan Smith. Hey, Reeve. Executive Editor, Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And Managing Editor, Brandy Grissom. Hey, Reeve. Hello. Welcome. I, I like so much more when you're here than Ben. <laughs> it's Ben's birthday. He it is. The day my, off. My birthday <laughs> present for Ben is scorn. <laughs> Aww. Well, to be fair, it's wow. nicer than anything else you've ever gotten. Him. That's right. Also, I give him the same present every other time I see him. So finally, scorn. <laughs> well, I needed that. Uh, well, <laughs> let's just move on. Poor Ben. Poor uh, moderator. Good lord. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about someone who's who's. Not, I, th- I think, not uh, experiencing any scorn from Evan, <laughs> which is a terrible transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to segue. Uh, who think, would that be? I, 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 well, I think let's rule out who that is. Yeah. It's not you. I think we're safe now. I don't think anybody's listening. <laughs> right. uh, so, so uh, Greg Abbott, who is the Republican running for governor against Tom oh. Pogan and others. Your footnotes are ridiculous. Sir. <laughs> He's just doing the whole Ross explain everything. I don't have to, to do it anymore. Number. I got everybody doing it now. I'm, right. Now I'm not that guy. Abbott laid out some policy proposals, and really, I think it was among the more detailed policy proposals we've seen from and a also candidate. Kind of under cover of darkness. I, I was Amon Bethija, our our own Amon Bethija, was the only reporter at this Northeast Tarrant Tea Party event. One of the more active tea parties in the state. Nobody else is Amon Bethija thought to go. No one else is Amon Bethija. Where was the Dallas Morning News? But I was really surprised to discover that no other reporters thought to attend this thing. I'm surprised on both ends of this thing. The, there should have been more press there. But, you know, if you're trying to roll out policy things and get people to pay attention to them, you don't do them at night in Tarrant County. That's not how you do this. You, you, you know, you call everybody a week ahead and say, hey, we're going to have a big policy rollout. Yes, Tarrant County is the problem. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> not worthless. It's night away from the night away from the political press. And, you know, that what did you expect? I mean, it's a great audience and it's a perfect audience for Abbott. And it's an important audience. Do you for think Abbott. that has anything to do with the substance of the policy proposals that he made? And he even sort of acknowledged in a limited way that it would be a challenge to pass these the ethics reforms in particular that have already been tried at the legislature. Well, I think it was significant that these were ethics reforms that would apply almost line by line directly to Wendy Davis delivered in her home county. Well, can we, but, can but we that said, step I mean, back and say what the proposals were? Yeah, there was No, that's boring. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, Read the white paper. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> boring is what we do best here. <laughs> Well, that's true. You know, he had he had one that was actually an issue in her last two campaigns, which was um, people should reveal the contracts and the contacts that they have. Legislators should reveal the contracts and the contacts that they have with people with business before local and state governments. She, uh, her law firm, does business with NTTA, the Transportation Authority down there, and that was an issue in in some stuff. She's done some title work that involved um, federal housing projects and. Some other stuff like that, and it was an issue in her last campaign, and disclosure was an issue. Now, that said, she was one of the people who sponsored the legislation that would say, yeah, let's go ahead and um, reveal this stuff. But and, you know, and, of course, to be fair to her, she also refused uh, th- these kind of, you know, 
you've done something that might be problematic ethically. She said, no, I didn't. She no, was I actually right. pushed back quite significantly right. on that. Uh, but this is, as you said, come up a couple different times in a couple different races. And even though she's been able to win despite opponents and pushing it in the media looking into it, um, the Abbott people, I think, are telegraphing that they intend to go there again. Well, that's right. news in 253 counties, right? She will be. She hasn't run statewide yet. So all of the – you know, the selection of Tarrant County, the the substance of the thing all made political sense. Doing it at night, you know, kind of away from the political press didn't make any sense But but, but come back to what you said. The fact is it wouldn't just affect Wendy Davis. It would affect a whole lot of other people in state office. It's all over the place. With right. business right. that is with public entities, right? I mean th- this, this thing would have a huge effect on a number of other people who are probably going, hey, wait a minute. Well, the other local right? who was involved in a similar thing that would have been caught up in the same business is Linda Harper-Brown. Uh, and it was the issue of whether you and uh, Vicki Truett, I, I should say, uh, Linda Harper-Brown had a peripheral issue. It's not just the legislator and their conflicts. It's conflicts with any family member. Of well, the and that's the other thing. So th- this had come up in the course of Giovanni Capriglioni, state representative right. Giovanni Capriglioni's uh, of, so- of Southlake. He's the one right. who beat Vicki Truett. He had uh, proposed legislation this session that, among other things, would have required that family members disclose or that me- members of the legislature disclose when their family members have business with these public entities. Right, right. And uh, that bill was defeated for reasons not necessarily related to that specific thing. And Representative Capriglioni did not make any friends by, by, by proposing by that legislation. It. And so what Abbott is really doing is piggybacking on the Geo Capriglioni right. idea. And the fact is that bill didn't pass. And I'm not certain that the governor, our current governor, would have signed that bill had it passed. Right. Might have. Well, and Abbott sort of implied, you know, if, if a governor helped these things, they might pass next time. And yeah. Right. Without, without actually taking so a shot at So one thing I'm curious to know, and I think uh, our own Jay Root, as opposed to somebody else's Jay Root, is, is looking into is whether Governor Perry agrees with Greg Abbott about the need for this stuff. But he, the re- he did describe himself as a, a new kind of Republican candidate. I mean, do who's you think he, that— Who's w- he talking about? Yeah. There's only been one Republican. <laughs> All the others who aren't the new kind. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All the old kind. But, you know, but the, but the ethics stuff is, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to come out. Greg Abbott has not been specific about a lot of things that he is running on up to this point. So it was news that he gave a detailed speech in which there were detailed policy proposals. He's leading with this. Of all the things to lead with, he's kind of leading with this. That's I, interesting. I, I think. think it's a talker in a campaign, and I think he could make some headway. Well, we're with talking it. And, about and if it. You, and if you get out early enough on an ethics thing, this this sounds like it's always you know anathema here in Austin. You know, everybody in the legislature, wolves don't like to regulate wolves. But the when you take these things to the public, the public's always like, yeah, why don't they already do that? Well, and if you look at the audience that he was speaking to, the, right. the Tea Party group, they're all about ethics and conflicts and transparency. And also, you know, he spoke a lot about privacy concerns, which are another big issue for the Tea Party. And he brought up some concerns about state agencies here and what they do with our information right. So, and our DNA. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Big topics. Yeah, and we did some polling on this recently. The University of Texas, Texas Tribune poll got into the privacy issue. Right. And um, people don't trust big institutions. And they, and right. they in shock, particular— shocked. Well, they particularly don't trust federal institutions. Shock, shock. You know, NSA, IRS, CIA, and the FBI were the worst. Um, they. Uh, it was interesting. One of the government institutions they trusted, or they, they that they distrusted the least, yeah. was the local police, which I thought was interesting. And the Texas state government was right behind that. So there was something of a we hate the feds, we don't mind the state so much. The most trustworthy in the institutions we listed was your local bank. 
I thought was interesting. One of the least trusted private institutions, two of the least trusted private institutions were cell phone providers and Internet providers. But he, he – uh I mean, he did propose – Abbott did propose more than just the family conflict thing, obviously. I mean, he said, you know, we're going to get into this privacy stuff. He also proposed not spending large amounts of money at the end of campaigns before you have to disclose them. And I wonder if he's going to actually have to hold himself to that rule. I it's think not it, was, it was gifts of $5,000 or more that are not disclosed online. Gifts of 5000 or more during the last 30, 30 days, days of a campaign right. that are not disclosed online should not right. be spent, which I think is interesting because, you know, you have these big – Donors who want to influence elections at the last minute, who want to swoop in, and I, some of those are on Greg Abbott's side. Some of them are not. Well, and it's but a lot. He doesn't easier, really need that either. Yeah, but it's still, a lot though, to, it's a lot easier to regulate late money if you've got all the early money. Exactly. <laughs> well, sure, sure. But let's acknowledge though that one of the things he would do is probably keep some of the late money on his side in the absence of disclosure out of those last thirty days, right? But that's that's what I think is actually interesting. I mean, it's, this is not only a get Steve Mostyn deal. It might be a get, or people like Steve Moss, and it may be a get somebody on the, you know, on on the other side. And I think that's that's interesting. Yeah, it could play in a really interesting way this time. You know, the the next disclosure is not until January fifteenth. We start voting on February eighteenth. There's not a lot of time in there, and they can raise all of this money now and put together this whole campaigns, you know, right up to the moment when we start voting, and then after that January disclosure. All they have left is an eight-day disclosure and Telegram reports. You could pour a lot of money into a campaign yeah. in the important part of the election. The year. other part of this I'd observe is we've been saying, well, there's no real material difference between Perry and Abbott. Uh, people are saying, well, the, if Abbott wins, it's going to be Rick Perry's fifth term. And the, you know, the joke is the only difference between Abbott and Perry is Abbott doesn't hate UT. Um, <laughs> and, the Abbott people have said, and the Abbott people have said no. There are going to be differences, you see. Uh, and actually, no, I think we do the, hate you, too. But I think on the <laughs> – no. But I think on the ethics stuff, that is a point of differentiation right. we imagine at least with the governor. Right. We imagine because we don't yet know whether Perry agrees with everything Abbott proposed. We've got to fill our time somehow. <laughs> yes. With Ima- our imagination. Ima- imagining is fine. Exactly. I'm seeing unicorns now. So. Well, since we talked about – You the- look good as a unicorn, we know. Shut up, Randy. <laughs> Scorn. Welcome. Only Ross is left standing. It'll come around. Since we talked about the privacy stuff, I uh, thought we'd maybe check in. on. We did have one statewide candidate, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dewhurst, in his statewide capacity as the current lieutenant governor, call for a congressional investigation into the NSA. I was wondering what you guys – is that a substantive call or is that just a way to burnish his conservative credentials? I think Congress was just waiting to hear what Dewhurst wanted them, him, them to do. They're writing now for the other 49 lieutenant governors to, to register <laughs> the their opinions. This is, there's a version of what we just said in the governor's race that I think is relevant in this primary, and that is the differences between current and future office holders on substance are not enormous, although I think in the Abbott case maybe there's a difference on ethics between him and Perry. Um, in the lieutenant governor's race, there is not a dime's bit of difference substantively that one can really point to protestations from these candidates notwithstanding between the four major candidates lieutenant governor. Right. They're all Mr. Conservative. They're all trying to get to the right of one another. They all hate Washington generally. They hate Obama specifically. They hate the Affordable Care Act most specifically of all. They're Did all you say pro-life. They hate the Washington generals. They may hate. The, who <laughs> doesn't? They could. Right. <laughs> Meadowlark lemon for governor. Uh, they 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 hate. They hate. Uh, uh, they're pro-life. They're they're hate. They're kind of pro Tenth Amendment. I mean, generally speaking, the sort of mm-hmm. states' rights. 
the, their differences are style differences. Whenever, whenever one of them right? states a position strongly, everybody else is jumping to go, I believe that. I'm the same. Well, and, really and the great Washington. example of that, Ross, was yesterday where the question of gun rights and Second Amendment and all that came up. And Jerry Patterson took the Twitter to, to beat Dan Patrick about the head and face. He pistol whipped him. He did. <laughs> and today, Dan Patrick Which now has right. and Dan Patrick now has an ad out saying, I'm for open carry, closed carry, carry Washington. You know, he's <laughs> I'm, carry. I'm for ev- I'm for everything. Your mom <laughs> should carry. Yeah. Who isn't for carry Washington? That would be the most controversial. That show has kind of gone in the toilet, but that's a whole other podcast. Uh, hey, the, uh, you know, gl- people in glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the podcast has been in the toilet. <laughs> Welcome to the toilet, Kerry Washington. Um, uh, I, 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 and so Patrick's ad out today is basically kind of beating Patterson back and saying, no, I'm really for the – but this is, illustrates your point. Yeah, they're the is same. They're the same. Same, same, same. What's the difference? Hat size. And so, and so Dewhurst going out of the – out of the frame on this, and remember, he called for the impeachment of the president, the impeachment of the president previously, and now is talking about the NSA. He's getting outside the lieutenant governor's purview, and and sort of looking to Washington as a punching bag, hoping that he can be the most anti-Washington of the group. But they're all for this because his biggest weakness is within the lieutenant governor's purview, and this is where the other candidates are hitting right. him. Is because they're 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 smacking him around on did you manage the Senate right, which is you know hard to imagine voters caring about that. Are you the creator of Wendy Davis? which seems to be gaining some steam, at least in their debates. And and Dewhurst, yeah. when he's talking about stuff, is talking about, oh, I'm running I, against Obama and four guns and against the NSA. And impeachment and the NSA is a dog whistle for that side. Ross will be doing impressions all week if you want to <laughs> stick around. I just wonder how difficult or successful it will be to make that point to the public that somehow because Dewhurst mismanaged the Senate, Wendy Davis was able to rise in stature. And that's... It's sort of a complex point to make in a couple of little blurbs. But, but as Ross is correct, it has been made many times. Certainly. Patrick and Staples in particular have been attempting to make hay on this idea that uh, he created her. Patrick's idea today I thought was interesting. Is he old Pat- enough to be her dad? Who's that? <laughs> you mean biologically created? Right um, Patrick's, Patrick's idea. Patrick's <laughs> idea actually, as articulated today, was this campaign. He didn't. Patrick says this campaign is going to cost thirty to forty million dollars. Yeah. Dewhurst is responsible for us all having to spend this money on a governor's race because had he not created Wendy Davis, there would be no money. That needed to be spent. Dan Patrick whining that all the money that might have gone to him is being sucked out of the race by people who are defending Greg Abbott against Wendy Davis. I think what, what, what's interesting is it seems to me that he, the lieutenant governor, followed the rules of the Senate, that there were limitations on what he could really do, right? Isn't that his argument? Once he chose the path that he was on, right. that's his argument. That's the, his the, argument. The issue is whether he could have, and you know, frankly, he could have set this up in a way that didn't call for a dramatic ending to that special session at midnight with those people screaming. So and you're, you knew about those so you're in the Patrick and Staples camp well, that you, Dewhurst did not do everything he could have to prevent this and therefore created her in the process. He is the president yeah. of the Senate. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, you, in order for that argument to work, you really have to really think that Wendy Davis is a very credible threat to Greg Abbott. Otherwise, you're just sort of whining about well, nothing. You know, she's a threat where there was no threat whining before. Whining about nothing a is a time-honored threat. tradition yeah. in politics. Right. Right. And we have to have a trip guest. <laughs> That's right. right. But, but, you know, but then there are people who say, well, the reason that he, act, he didn't actually create Wendy Davis, the problem the problem was that Strauss didn't manage the House's handling of the bill in such a way that – No, that's, these, see, but these, that's but, way too but complex. You do hear, guys, but you do hear that also. But, but, but these, guys, these, these guys are in charge of the – These guys are in charge of the <laughs> – 
Go ahead. <laughs> no, was, he, he was going to make a I point. I was going to say something. Go ahead. You're the moderator. You're in charge. Well, I was just going to say that getting to Brandy's point, I think it's very You've easy. lost control of the podcast in the same way that... Just because you won't stop talking. <laughs> you're, playing, you're, you're playing Evan Smith all if, of a sudden. If, if, you can see the visual, if you can see the visual here, Reeves' face is redder than Texas right now. Ross is smiling very largely. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I think Brandy was saying earlier that it's sort of complex to say that Dewar's lost control of the Senate. But really, I think the visual, just you have not hard to come across a couple of seconds of people screaming bloody murder in the in the Senate chamber. It's very hard to find a visual that really speaks to that if you're going to make the Strauss argument that Evan was going to make. Everybody who's well, running, I'm not making it, but I'm saying, but you know, people are saying that it really is on Strauss because if the House had done things differently, it never would have gotten to that point in the Senate. I'm not saying I think that's a fair point, but it's a point being made. This thing happens on a Monday night, and everybody who was watching this thing could see the previous Wednesday or Thursday that these trains were headed toward this intersection at this time. And if you're in charge of this thing, whether you're on the House side or the Senate side, or frankly, in the governor's office, you can say, do we let the trains crash or do we manage the situation? And they decided to let the trains crash. And the winner was Wendy Davis. Well, do, it's sort of classic Dewhurst trying always to be the negotiator and the one who's bringing the two sides together and pleasing people on, on both sides. And I think to some degree, he did want to follow the rules and let the Democrats have their say. But he knew that this, the outcome was going to be the outcome. Yeah. The the, the the bill was going to pass. There was really nothing. Well, I don't think he knew that the outcome was going to be that the outcome was well, that the bill would pass in another outcome. special session. Well, well he, he, argues, he, he knew that the votes were there to pass the bill if you didn't have a, an end to a special session. If you had to come back in a second special, you'd have plenty of time to pass the bill, which is exactly what happened. I think, it's, I think, it's, I think this argument actually works with voters. It's like, you know, the bill finally passed. Nothing to see here. Move on. And, and to some extent, with, with, with voters, the Dewhurst argument works. But Maybe we should but, do that but, then. But the internal – move on. No, hell no. But the, <laughs> but the internal – but isn't the internal to the Republican primary conversation really about Dewhurst competence? Th- this, is a, this is a vote of confidence or no confidence in Dewhurst leadership. The very existence of a primary in which you have not three fringe candidates, not three saplings, but three redwoods running against him is – it is a vote of no confidence against Dewhurst, which he either survives or does not survive in this race. Yeah. And they're going to do it on competence and they're going to do it on leadership. And so it's in Patrick's and Staples' interest to make the inside argument. I mean, you're talking about the outside argument. The bill passed. Right. The inside argument is, yeah, but he somehow is a screw-up and a dumb shit. That's the argument they're making. And they've said about Dewhurst, he's not a terribly competent office holder for some time, fairly or not. Right. So this is a continuation of that same argument. Yeah, I, you know that's that's right to a point. I mean, these three guys also endorsed him for U.S. Senate. Well, know, that part fourteen I think or fifteen is a, months ago. I think that's an enormous problem for and, the three and, of them because so, it looks what happened in the last fifty. I mean, I agree. Right. With you. I've I mean, asked that question and you've asked that question. They, they hated him before. You know, it's just uh, weird. They hated him before they loved him. Yeah, Speaking right. of confidence, let's quickly check in. Competence, not confidence. Although both of those apply, I think. Let's check in on Rick Perry's potential run in, for in the presidency. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other words that rhyme with confidence. <laughs> Evan, you've been reading uh, Double Down with your ears. What do you think about the 2016 race? <laughs> You're reading it as an audiobook? You are so Is weird. Is it a dramatic reading? <laughs> That's the least newsworthy thing I've said in the last half hour. You are weird. I- I've been listening to the audiobook of Double Down, which I enjoyed. I read the, I read the, uh, the, Who the, narrates the it? book of Game, Game Change with my ears four years ago. I'm, I'm reading the Double Down with my ears again now. Yeah, it's an audio book. It's, it, it, they, they exist. It happens. I wonder who's, who's the narrator. It's some guy. I don't know. It was some... something you could do instead of this podcast. <laughs> I wish I were. Yeah. Uh, the Rick Perry stuff, which Jay reported on for us a couple of weeks ago, 
the Rick Perry stuff is really fascinating uh, in, in Double Down. But the Chris Christie stuff, I think, is the most interesting stuff. And we're seeing now, Ross, Perry, as he decides whether or not to get in this race, starting to take shots at Christie. Just as apparently we find out from the book, Christie had not very much respect for Perry back in the time when he was considering running in 2012 and Perry was running. Uh, it sets up as a fantastic. Could you imagine greater contrast than Perry and Christie? Oh, well, my God. Well, we have to imagine it. We might get to see it, right? New it's Jersey great. and Texas, you know. I mean, it's, yeah, it is interesting. You know, Perry's sort of doing this double move in the last couple of days. He talks about Cruz. He's doing his thing, but I'm here governing. So that's, that's you know, like I'm, we're from the same family, but I'm the more responsible older brother. Give me the car keys kind of an argument. And then comes out a few days later and says about Chris Christie, we're going to find out whether conservative in New Jersey is the same as conservative in the rest of the country. And so he's he's got himself to the right of Chris Christie and to the responsible side of Ted Cruz. He's got his glasses on, which I actually think works. I mean, I think that, you know, all of this stuff makes him look a little bit more measured, a little bit of a ban- little bit less of a bantam rooster. And, you know, he's starting his rebranding Do you think he's wearing campaign. the glasses because he's trying to look smart or you think he's wearing the glasses because he's getting old and his eyes don't work? Yes. I, I, think, I think if you, you were – You think it's both? Yeah, I mean if you – I if think you, you choose if, your frames. Yeah. <laughs> well, but what, what, what kind of frame, frame – what sort right? of frame should he have? No, I will say – He can I go will, with ones like Jay Root went with. I will go on the record. If you didn't want to change, he would have got Jay contacts. looks like mini Pearl in those – I will go on the record and say that I do not like – It's about choices. I do not like the Perry glasses and I think he looks like the Hamburglar. I think it works. He looks like the Hamburglar. Yeah. I think it works. I've been playing on this all my life. You know, glasses at about 40 points to your IQ. Ask Todd. Ask he, Evan. I think they're Rachel Maddow glasses. I don't disagree with that either. I think he looks He looks like he's auditioning for an oh, MSNBC anchor a, gig. Give him a break. Maybe he is. But yeah. all, of the, all of this is sort the of the presidential. Re- he's, doesn't work he's begun, Give him a break. He's begun rebranding himself and, and you know, in, in advance of 2016 and – Perry's very adept at this. Just, you know, keep watching. I think he's going to, you know, the, everybody's going to look back on this and go, how did he get where he is? I, whether, I, whether it's completely it successful or not, but, but I, think he's doing, I think he's doing a nice side move. I, I will say I think his amount of activity in the early primary and caucus states is even surprising to us. And here we thought he was probably looking to run. He's really kind of out there doing this. He's, and he's got – He's he's gotten a lot of media attention, you know, and he's doing what he didn't do the last time. Right, it shows that he learned from those, right. the mistakes of uh, twenty whatever it was that he ran last time. There is a fantastic. There's, there's a fantastic story. <laughs> You're not that old, Ray. There's a fantastic story in Double Down about Perry going to speak before a bunch of rich people uh, who are potential bankrollers of a presidential campaign, and. And it was, I think it was evangelicals, I think it was. And, and I'll have to go back and reread this part, re-listen to this part, re-read it with my ears. This isn't the, this isn't the group it. over in um, – he, he puts up, he puts up round, five – I don't top. think – I think he puts up five fingers. He says, I've got you know a four-point plan to do thus and such. And he puts up his five fingers and he goes through the four plan and he's left with one finger in the air. Which finger was it? I don't know. <laughs> and, some, and some person in the back says, oh, my God, if this guy runs for president, he's going to get killed. It's so interesting, you know, that that's the that, – that is the, the he problem just needs for to him. learn not to try to count in speeches. No counting. The problem for him in this— he's practicing that right now? <laughs> Maybe. The problem for him <laughs> in this— things i got to remember about this. In this next race is going to be how do you erase the, uh, the view of, of him as the guy who can't count? He has two years to put another Jay's story— next. No, seriously. He has two years to put another story between the election and oops. And, you know— it's not impossible. It's really difficult. And he said it's really difficult. And he's made a joke out of it. And, he, you know, I'm, but I think coming in early, 
rebranding, doing these things. Ted Cruz is a boon to this because he looks, you know, further out there than Perry does. But, you know, I'd, I'd watch. No, I, I think, think it's going to be interesting. It, it could work in his benefit, right, if sort of people come in with low expectations and he blows them away. Because, right. um, I mean, I think it was By a surprise because he had never seemed that uncomfortable on the stump before in Texas. So if he can just sort of bottle what he has in state and take it, Ex- export ex- exceeding it. low expectations has worked here in the Tribune for certain people. <laughs> Not that I'm thinking of anybody. Reeve uh, for for a long time. The, so. the heat's off too. Oh, he I doesn't know I was exceeding them. The other the other thing <laughs> Reeve just took that as a positive annual performance review. Great. <laughs> one other one other thing that he's got working for him is you know everybody in a presidential race or any kind of race shoots at the front runner and nobody's going to shoot at him for a while. He has he can he he can range freely for some time now. Whereas Perry. Chris Christie apparently is a target-rich environment for all these guys. They're all going to be shooting at him. Right. You know, apparently Ted Cruz said something about Christie in the last couple of days as well. I think everybody is – Pioneer is the guy with the arrow on his back, right? Right. right. We'll see. Well, are you guys done with politics? No. Never. Are you done with the podcast? <laughs> no, we still got time left. I was going to ask if you guys had any yes. questions for me about what was going on with the University of Texas. No. What is going on <laughs> over there in the, in the secret committee on I want to know more about Farrah Fawcett in this painting. Oh, you want to know about? I mean, the thing is, this this week enough is, about UT. Talk, talk to us about Farrah Fawcett, yeah. please. No, she was a very attractive young woman in her day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really, this is this is like probably the craziest wow, suicide right in front of us. <laughs> it's got to be one of the craziest weeks in University of Texas recent history, right? So, they, like Randy just referenced, they have a they're in court in Los Angeles starting today, trying to get a portrait of Farrah Fawcett by Andy Warhol back from Ryan O'Neill. Uh, they are in Probably drunk in court. <laughs> the uh, federal uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is hearing yeah, the right. case on Fisher versus right uh, affirmative action. Right. UT won the first uh, football game in overtime ever. That's right. Also, did you know that? Did you know that was the first time in the history of the football program they ever won a game in overtime? <laughs> wow. So there you have it. But I mean, th- I think the really it's exciting week. Lucky for Go you, Mr. Brown. The really exciting stuff was new athletic director. A new athletic director, but the really exciting stuff I think was the, you know, the transparency committee which we've talked about that's investigating controversial Regent Wallace Hall. Which, if you listen to this, I imagine you know who that is. Needs uh, no a positive. Wow. Uh, but I mean, really, so they had uh, testimony yesterday from the UT's Board of Regents' top lawyer, who sort of has been thought of from the outside as sort of uh, not doing anything to stop things from getting out of this control. This is Francie over there. Frederick. Yeah. Basically sort of letting things get to the point we're at, which is pretty much sort of uncontrollable. Right? I mean, like there's a regent who's uh, under investigation for impeachment. There's all this controversy. Uh, and she has sort of been there the whole time as this has gotten more and more contentious. So she comes out in her testimony and says, look, I think Wallace Hall is a good guy. Uh, I think his heart is in the right place. But really, this whole thing is beginning to detract from what's in the best interest of the system. You think – well, a, so, think, so it's sort of an even Francie Frederick moment, right? right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And she said she said that, you know, on the record that at one time, uh, Wallace Hall had information he shouldn't have had that, should, that they think may have been protected by federal privacy laws. And he shared those with his lawyer, uh, his private lawyer. Right. And they had uh, she said that he shouldn't have done that. They had another pri- like the privacy coordinator of for Some student information or something right. like that. They had a privacy coordinator for the system talk about how 
Um, you know, he really isn't allowed to do that. And and so Trey Martinez Fisher, one of the more aggressively uh, sort of attack attack dogs on the committee that's investigating Hall, basically said he thinks that Hall might have committed the crime. You know, I don't know if he did or didn't, but that'll right. – you know, they decided to think about referring that to the proper authorities. But, I mean, they don't have to prove that Hall committed the crime to impeach him, but that is certainly the direction that the testimony took all of a sudden yesterday, which was sort of an interesting move. Does impeachment work the same way as it does for a public official? It's like the House impeaches and then the Senate conv- right. Senate has yeah. a trial. And there's some <clears throat> dispute over whether or not if the House votes to impeach him. And right now it looks like we might be headed that way. The other thing that happened this week that we're not talking about, we should mention in this, is that Lyle Larson, state representative from San Antonio, who is close to Speaker Strauss, no one's idea of a liberal, right, um, called for the governor to call on Hall to resign and then the San Antonio Express News, sort of maybe less interestingly in the sense that it's not entirely un, you know, surprising but that, that this would happen. But then they came in behind and they called on Hall to resign or called on the governor to have Hall right. resign, piggybacking on Larson's thing. I mean, this has the potential to snowball, right? Yeah, I would think it's pretty much snowballed at this point. Well, but I think the calls for Hall to preempt the impeachment by just accepting reality or acknowledging what's likely to happen – there will be a dogfight if there's a move to impeach him. Make no mistake mm-hmm. uh, to prevent this from happening. But it just does seem it does seem like that the trend lines are not favorable I for think, this to be resolved smoothly or peacefully. Well, I think if he it, does get impeached, I wonder how that looks for Governor Perry, who has supported him and you know sort of behind that appointment. This is a weird question, but do do Powers and Perry leave about the same time? Well, that's sort of uh, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's large power, talk to powers, Hall and his fellow regents. Well, powers is the, the the chairman or the head of a, the AAU, brand new chair of the AAU for a year. Perry's yeah. got a year. Looks like all of this sort of you know. I think if, if let's 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 ask this: if if they were leaving in January of 2015, does the fight between the regents and the administration continue, or is it a personality based fight? I think once one of them is gone, the fight ends, and I think they both would strongly prefer to be the second one to go. <laughs> okay, so c- can we be the first ones to go now? Yes. Uh, Is that the end I'd of like the to, if <laughs> Now, that's a transition. I'm just saying. If you have questions or comments <laughs> about... <laughs> <laughs> wrecked his car after he parked it. <laughs> questions or comments or it. transition suggestions, send them to tribcast at texastribune.org. We'd like to thank Shiny Ribs, as always, for doing our music. Uh, and on behalf of Evan, Ross, Brandy, and our producer, Todd, this is Reeve. Thank you all for listening. Happy birthday, Ben. I don't need to be anywhere near his nose. I don't need that. <laughs>